If you seek revenge, dig two graves. This is the quest for power. Welcome back, my friends, to the Quest for Power, where we are ranking and reviewing all of the European monarchs from the early Middle Ages to World War I. We are your lore masters of European history, Scott and Michael, and we are going to take you on a quest to expand that European knowledge and to discuss all of the history and the lore that impacts Europe and eventually to in, leads into and influences today's world. Today, we're going to be diving into the life and talking about the reign and life of Clodomer, of House Merovingian, first of his name, King of Orléans. If you're looking for some extra adventures and want to join us in the Lore Masters Guild, you can do so at patreon.com slash quest for power. There we have side quest episodes to discover people, places, factions, things hidden in European lore dungeons that are not in the main quest. And you get a shout out for welcoming you to the fold. Uh, Scott, what have you been up to? We, uh, we're about to start a new campaign. Well, a soft reset campaign. Yeah. So because I feel like this is becoming a segment in its own right. Um, so previously in our episode of D&D Misadventures, so our group had kind of, uh, by the DM's own engineering, had kind of torn itself apart. So some players had, some characters had died. Others had kind of decided to retire. And then uh, there are others who kind of, who who made it out okay and decided to kind of regroup at another location uh, there are six members in this party four of which decided to retire their characters or through their characters dying had to create new ones so pretty much a new campaign but that's okay because this is a open sandbox style kind of world where we kind of let the world flow around and the players kind of get to choose the path that they want to go. This is less of a railroading kind of campaign and more of a do whatever you want. So we spend a little bit of time, the characters trying to get used to each other, get to know each other. So we have a good cast of new characters and they're going to be doing some good old ruin and dungeon delving. I'm uh, I'm pretty excited for it. I I uh, retired my paladin, and because uh, I figured his his character arc actually had an arc, and I thought it, he went from a paladin who was like, eh, uh, yeah, I don't really care too much about you know religion. I just use it for my own powers to becoming a <laughs> a like very vicious anti undead paladin that was. Uh, got really uh extreme at the end there yeah it was kind of an interesting uh counterplay within the party between you know paladin and characters who were a little more chaotic and quite frankly evil and yeah. then you had some folks who were a little more indifferent others who just wanted to just be here for the for the adventure and the challenge so i think it was good and so now we have a pretty good brand new mix of 
characters, new cast of characters, but some old ones to kind of hold things together. But uh, in the end, that old original quest that the party set out to do, which was collect magic items for a, a lord back home, is still a, is still in action. But it is kind of taking a backseat, at least for now, while well, they kind of figure out what their new priorities are. If you think about it, only one person is left from that. That's because, true. Because the, the Owlin that we had didn't join till a little bit later. Well, well, okay. The reason uh, we've been a little bit late on stuff is I uh, proceeded to be uh, not not killed, but quite closely killed by my 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 uh, son, uh, who is a very cute weapon of mass destruction. You didn't run into any soothsayers that foretold a prophecy? No, I did not. I did not. Um, maybe a fabric, uh, a rip in the fabric of reality happened. I don't know. Well, uh, before we tackle our main quest, uh, we want to let you know about So You Think You Can Rule Persia. We talked about it last week. They're pretty cool podcast. Uh, kings betray each other to get uh, plot and gain more power, the ability go after it. If you love all of the infighting that we have on this podcast, you definitely will want to check them out. Uh, there's a lot of chaos in Persia that follows Alexander the Great, and he becomes... Alexander the Great is not great for the Persian Empire. In fact, he's pretty bad for it. So after he dies, when he conquers it, it is quite an unhinged story that um, goes on later following him. Hi, I'm Serial. And I'm Umberto. And we're the hosts of So You Think You Can Rule Persia, a podcast where we rate and review all the kings of Persia from Diochis to Yazdegerd the Third. Join us for a look at the rulers of Iran, from the Achaemenids all the way to the Sassanids, with plenty in between. We'll be discussing the lives and myths of the rulers of Persia before ranking them all and deciding who is really worthy of the title of King of Kings. We hope to have you along for the ride. Alrighty, so quick pause this podcast and go search up So You Think You Can Rule Persia, hit subscribe on theirs, and then you can come right back on here to finish this episode so you don't miss out. Otherwise, if you're like me, you'll be like, yeah, I'll get it later. And then you completely forget and you miss out on a great story. Alrighty, DM, let's begin today's session. The Frankish kingdoms are at war. King Clovis of the Cilean Franks is currently murdering anyone he considers family, except his wives and children. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's what we learned in his episode. But before we begin, today's session we got to talk about our sources got to have our our useful tools uh today we have gregory of tours although this is before his time uh he's going off other people's stories and notes but he is pretty diligent about it um many uh historians of gregory kind of ironic historians of a historian um have said like he actually takes it pretty seriously and it's not just him making up stuff so so we got to go off of. So we're going to begin our session in the castle or the palace, whatever it is at this time, of Clovis and his wife Clotilda. Word is sent out to Clovis that his son is born. He finishes, he most likely 
finishes taking an axe out of a family member's head, uh, finds his horse, and then probably heads back home. Uh, Clodomer is then presented to Clovis, and he Clovis is ecstatic to have another boy being born, despite the first one, if you remember, dying because Clotilda decided to baptize him, at least in Clovis's head, that's the way it is. Despite her first son dying, though, Clotilda tells Clovis that she wants to baptize her newborn son, which is Clodomer. And this is to wash away his original sin, and that way if he does die, he will be able to get to heaven like his brother. Um, according to the Catholic Church, at least at this time, I think it is still even now, I could be wrong, you are, you're born of sin when you come into the world, so you if you don't get baptized, you might either go to hell or you get sent to purgatory, depending how strict um, your church is. Yeah. I've heard differing, I guess, opinions on the level of like, say, I I guess I don't want to say ignorance, but because that's a bad word, but basically were you aware that Christ was a thing and Catholicism was a thing. Yeah. Basically, if you'd never heard, basically, if you'd never heard of Catholicism and you were not aware that there was ever a choice that doesn't necessarily condemn you, but I'm not a theologian, but I, that is something I do remember Um, hearing about. I don't think I have also heard Yeah, the original. I was going to say, I don't think that's true because they talk about um, in some of, I think in Clovis's episode, we went into it. Kildebert is not, not, is it, yeah, it's, is it Kildebert? Is his father, Clovis's father? Um, Let me check. In any case, yeah, I mean, older, I guess, versions of Catholicism definitely prescribed to the you are yeah. born a sinner and you will die a sinner unless you are baptized. Correct. It doesn't matter if you didn't know about it before. They're they're just like, well, that's just tough luck. Yeah. If I, I was looking at I was looking at the more modern uh oh. a much more modern interpretation. Yeah, correct. Yes. I'm sure the more modern one is is different. Very but, uh, church. But yeah, yeah. That yes, back then it was absolutely a thing that yeah, if you did not get baptized, then you were uh a dirty, dirty sinner. Exactly. So I'm pretty darn confident. That, that, that's a, that's. I just want to like say that so you can understand why Clotilda is so adamant about this. Because think about it. You did this the first time to your son and he dies. Would you want to do that again? Like you have to have an insane amount of faith to do that again. So... Anyway, she goes to Clovis and says, hey, let's baptize him. And Clovis goes, absolutely not. That's how the first one got killed. And a huge argument, you know, erupts between the two, I'm sure. And despite Clovis' clear and direct order not to, the stubborn Clotilda has Clodomer baptized and immediately he gets sick to the dismay of Clotilda. I wonder if it's something in the baptismal water that caused this. I know we joked about this before, but again, that Family Guy episode, the tainted holy water. I... (laughs) (laughs) That's... 
<laughs> that reminds the priest blessing the water didn't wash his hands after going to the bathroom, and all the water is tainted. That reminds me of the Wheel of Time, uh, and they have the one power, and uh, it's like a magic system, and the there's it's called the taint, where if men use the power, they go insane. Uh, there's a whole backstory to it. Highly suggest Wheel of Time if you want to dive into 16 books and lose tons of hours of your life. Eh, what else were we going to do? It, it's, it's super good, though. I highly recommend it. There, Amazon has a show. I have yet to watch it past episode two. I probably should watch it more, but the the books are so in depth and stuff. Like the, I'm sure the show is just going to completely skip over things that are like really, really intricate to the books. And I might as might just you know enjoy the memory of the books. Anyway. Once he gets sick, Clovis, when he finds out, just flies up into a fiery rage and goes, I told you not to, and you did it anyway, and now look what's happened. He's going to die thanks to you. After Clotilda, most likely, you know, ends in tears, because that's a horrific thing to say to your wife, uh, Clovis storms off and he goes grabs his army and he went and he uh, marches to go kill some Alamani to relieve some frustration or Alamani as we have called them before too. There's different interpretations. (laughs) Yeah. Pronunciations. I, my brain does not work today. So while Clodomer is sick day and night, Clotilda prays and prays and prays to have her son healed. And eventually God hears her prayers and Clodomer recovers from his near death illness. So yay, he survived. Christmas miracle. <laughs> I don't know if it's Christmas miracle, but eh, you never know. Early A Christmas Christian miracle. There you go. Christian miracle. I like it. Uh, Clodomar most likely grew up in a constant war zone. Uh, remember at this time uh, in Clovis's episode, like he is just, there is just constant war. Clovis is either conning people into giving him their kingdom or he is conning them and taking them out or just flat out just taking his army and committing mass violence to get grab more power. And I'm sure Clodomer is in the army with all of this as a lot of, you know, not Germanic. I was about to say barbarian. Germanic princes are to be raised. Yeah, he's learning from his uh, papa. Yeah. He would have specialized in the hand-to-hand combat training. And uh, the main thing probably is to ride and take care of horses, especially during battle. I can't imagine what it's like to try and keep control of a horse during the, the battle where you have the sounds of like men screaming and like metal crashing against each other. Yeah. Horses get easily um, can easily get like spooked or something or have the yeah. rational thought of, hey, things are dying here. I should not be here. That's a, a, that's a thing that would go through my mind. But it also makes me think about yeah for battles 
then also in modern movies, right? Horses, right? They train horses to do all sorts of stuff and do mm -hmm. very stressful things for the animals. But they can do it kind of on command. So I've never considered how one would train a war horse or what well, training they'd have to go through. What's also interesting is when we say horses and cavalry, it is not the cavalry that you are thinking. We don't, we do not get close to the cavalry you are thinking till like the end of the first crusade. It's well into, I think it's the 1100s. Um, they're basically ponies at this point. Oh, that yeah. are carrying full armor so it's that's it's not what you think it is which is always kind of interesting that um and it's going to be this way so every time we talk about it up until gosh 1100 1200 is when the horses finally start actually being bred for you know they're a little bit taller <clears throat> otherwise it's just ponies that are riding into battle which is an interesting uh <laughs> way to look well, at it you know, people on average were shorter back then, right? So it's yeah, less true. It is less comical. It's still comical. I mean, a little bit. I, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how effective, because especially yeah, if the I mean, military strategy would have for horses also would have been largely different back then too. <clears throat> I mean, then, yeah. then you know, more modern horse. Yeah, yeah, more than the age of chivalry horses, even, which is, you know, yeah. going to be coming up in France in about four or five hundred years. Things you take for granted. In 511, Clovis, his father, the king, fall, fails his death save and is now dead. We don't know what killed him, but he died in 511. According to Pactus Legis Salique, or also known as Law of the Salian Franks, his kingdom is to be split up equally among his heirs, that being the Teuteric, Clodomer, Kildebert, and Clotaire. Uh, this, it was a kind of practice before then, but uh, Clovis puts this into law, which dooms the Merovingian dynasty and then the Carolingians after them. Clodomer is chosen to receive the kingdom of Orléans. And uh, fun fact, the city of Orléans, and by extension, the city of New Orleans, are named after, I think, arguably the greatest Roman emperor, Aurelian. Uh, I highly suggest you check out his uh, episode out on Roman emperors, Talus Rankium. He saves the empire. It would have ended, I think, 100 to 200 years before if he didn't come along like the empire was just italy and then it grew to like three times the size once again it like he recovered it essentially so that's what it's named after when clodomer is crowned king we have theodoric the great who is the reigning ostrogothic king uh that is our episode 18 and we have the I was going to say pathetic. Yeah, yeah, why not? The pathetic <laughs> Vandal King Thrasamund, who uh, was the, if you remember, the peaceful persecuting Vandal King. Kings before him decided to, you know, persecute with violence, and he would try and set up debates <laughs> to get people to convert. Yeah, because that works so well. <laughs> it really does. Yeah. yeah, ever tried debating somebody into... <laughs> 
converting their faith and therefore their way of life. I'm oh, sure it's easy. Yeah. <clears throat> well, we don't hear anything about his reign, even though it starts in 511 until 517. He marries a woman named Guntuk. Guntiuk. Guntiuk. Uh, and she may have been the granddaughter of the Burgundian king, Gedizel, who has starred in several of our episodes now. And mm-hmm. together they had three sons, Theodobald, Gunthert, and Clodoald. Good job, King G. Or God G, <laughs> as we called him. <laughs> That's right. We didn't know how to pronounce his name prior. Yeah, so yeah, his, his uh, line passes down into the Franks. God G. Uh, also, if you recall, Clotilda, his mother, was a Burgundian princess as well. And when she was young, her father and mother were slaughtered by her uncle, King Gundobad. And for some reason, he decided to kill her mother by throwing her into a well. Or he killed her and then threw her into a well. For some reason, only the mother. I don't, I don't get it. It's the start of a new family tradition. It really is. And, uh, and uh, well, several years go past since that. She now has power. And in 523, St. Clotilda incited her sons to attack Gundobad's son, Sigebert, because Gundobad's already dead, so they need to get vengeance on someone. And Sigebert is currently the king of the Burgundians. But Sigurd is not alone. He is backed up by his brother Godomar. During the battle that follows, the Clotilda alliance defeats the Burgundians, and Clodomer himself captures Sigismund while he and his family are hiding in his monastery that he created. So once Clodomer captures Sigismund and his family, uh, his brother Godomar manages to get away, and Godomar runs into the open arms of Theodoric or Theodoric the Great. Clodomar grabs Sigismund uh, from the monastery, which is a pretty big no-no, that's sacred ground, and he throws them into the dungeons while he figures out how to wrestle control of the city. And according to Gregory, a priest came up to Clodomer and warned him, saying that I would not kill him. And he actually says, like, quote, do not lay violent hands on him. And when you go to Burgundy, you shall win the victory. But does he heed his advice? That is that is the question. Uh, no, no, he does not. He, in fact, he completely disregards the the priest in an act of pure pettiness hatred and vengeance he has sigismund beheaded and his body symbolically chucked down a well his wife and children are also executed for just existing symbolic justice or i'm sorry uh poetic justice it's i love it is it though i mean sigismund did nothing yeah, but the sins it, of the I father. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh I personally don't like But like is it. that but again, a... we're talking poetic justice, not not good justice. That is true. 
But, you know, the sources try, especially Gregory, tries to pro portray Clotilda as this saintly woman. That's not a saintly act by any means. Yeah. And, wow. and normally I say, you know, sources blame the women because that's what they do notoriously. But Gregory tries to really hide this. And you've got to dig deep that it looks like, mm, I think Clotilda incited this one. That stands to reason. Uh, uh, hey. Catholic Church, it's a powerful thing. <laughs> it is. Especially during those times. Definitely. Yeah, they controlled everything. Well, as you can imagine, this ignites a blood feud with the Burgundians. So yes, it may be poetic justice, but now that poetic justice has just turned into a feud that is going to continue. Sigismund's brother Godemar is now the new Burgundian king, and he returns to Burgundy. Burgundy, wow, he is the new Burgundian king, and he returns to Burgundy with a fresh set of troops and highly trained troops from his ally Theodoric the Great, who's ridiculously powerful at this time. He is almost emperor status. And immediately, once uh, Godomar arrives there to his capital, he massacres the uh, Frankish garrison there. So, you gotta respond to this, right? You can't just let, you know, an attack on your your men go unanswered. Mm -hmm. In the new campaign season of 524, Godomar and his brothers set out, uh, including uh, his half-brother, Theodoric, and they all go out and they're going to go fight, take the fight against Godomar and take revenge. On the hot summer day of June 25th, 524, the forces clash in a vicious battle at Ver... Versonce. Versonce? I cannot speak French, but Battle of Versonce, we'll say. And in a stunning upset, Godomar outnumbered four kings to one wins the battle and Clodomer is killed in the fighting thus ending his reign the end the end pretty uh quick rapid succession of events it's pretty impressive he won four to enough four to one i mean yeah it's his own lands but that's 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 quite a feat to be able to pull off yeah, I mean, depending on the relative strength of the other kings, but yeah. They've been unchallenged up to this point. The As we've gone in the previous episodes, like they really kind of get what they want. His sons are placed in the care of his mother, Clotilda, until Clotaire, his brother, marries his widow, Guntiuk which I'm, I think it's Leviticus in the Bible, says something directly against this. <laughs> this happens with King Henry VIII as well with his first wife. Ah. So that's the only reason I know it's Leviticus because of the, there's a song um, in the musical six that talks about it. Look at that. However, his brother, Clotaire, and Kildebert want to get their hands on Clodomer's kingdom. His sons are pretty young and defenseless. 
And so they force Clotilda, their own mother, to either cut their hair and make them live as monks and, you know, no longer are Merovingians, or have them be slain. Clotilda, in a pretty badass move, pretty said, piss off. I wasn't raising them to be monks. I raised them to be kings. Despite that being a pretty badass move, Teutobald and Gunther are killed right in front of their grandmother. Their brother Clotilde managed to not be there, must have gotten wind and ran away. He uh, cut his hair. Uh, became a monk himself to save his own life, and he would go on to become St. Cloud, which is, uh, there's a city in Wisconsin, and I know of a very famous city in Minnesota. There's a lot of things named after St. Cloud. There's a lot of churches and stuff, so this is that St. Cloud. Ah, like the Final Fantasy character. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I didn't even think of that. Oh my god, that's funny. Yep. Yeah, no, that's. I'm pretty sure those are different. If <laughs> Final Fantasy has been, is based off of the Bible, that would be incredible. That would be. <laughs> I've never played especially because it's a Japanese game. That'd be pretty funny. Yeah, no, I was just, I was just poking fun. Uh, but well, yeah, gosh. So is that just like the end of the line bloodline? Uh, for Clodomer, yep, that's it for him. Uh. Currently, uh, Clovis has two sons remaining, <clears throat> Kildebert and Clotaire, who were the yeah. culprits behind the That's murder true. of his family. Okay, so the end of a branch of the family tree. Correct. Yep, <clears throat> we had uh, Teutobert's branch cut off, and now we have Clodomer's branch cut off. All the more, or I guess all of the less. What is it? No. Two little no, Indians. All of the no? all of the more opportunities for more inbreeding when we go further down the line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have a nice straight line for the family tree. Yeah, that's that's about the whole of it. I yeah, I can't wait for all these kings down the line to have like. 12 toes or something yeah a lot of our early episodes there's going to be a lot of setup but there trust me there's going to be a lot of payoff that's going to come as a result from all of this okay we'll be waiting with bated breath yep in the meantime are you ready to rate them yep let's give her a goo royal power how long do you think his reign was yeesh um Longer than I think, but less than I had hoped. Um, it's always tough to tell with these Frankish kings. I'm willing to give him a good because I because I miss dates. Let's give him like 15 years. Pretty damn close. 13 years. He ruled from 511 to 524. All right, not too bad. I'm like he's in. He he wasn't. He didn't have enough going on to justify a really long time, but he wasn't stupid enough to make it tragically short. I'm guessing what happened once he got, you know, control of his kingdom, once he was given reigns of his kingdom, since it was probably, you know, a part of the grander kingdom, he had to lock that entire area down. These brothers were 
pretty uh, ambitious, even though they seem to not have attacked each other directly. Uh, they'll, they'll go after their children, but not, not each other. Oh no, that does happen. But neither here nor there this episode. Anyway, uh, the positives I have for his royal power. He is the only one who is credited with capturing and executing Sigismund. And no one appeared to challenge his reign at any point. So he locked down his borders. Didn't sound like there was court intrigue. Granted, could be just Gregory didn't feel like writing about it. He was exasperated with court intrigue, as we learned in his Patreon episode. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, I don't really have too much here other than what we talked about. Won a battle, lost a pretty big battle that ended with it losing his life. Yeah, I mean, it seems fine enough. If we want to just go straight into numbers, seems like a five. Like, it was just, it's kind of, he was there. Sounds like he really didn't make things so much better or worse. Straight down the middle. Yeah, I don't know. Have we been doing five as in you did nothing? It's neither here nor there. And then that's about how I view it. Is because that, like, okay. You know, it's not like he did nothing, right? Yeah, because he did have heirs just because they didn't get into, you know, adulthood, right? You know, before he died. Not exactly. Well, I mean, it is his fault, but that'll be you know. a, that'll be a stability mark. Uh, it, it's one of those things where a lot of folks in a similar spot probably would have ended up in the same place. I feel. Yeah, and which is to say, he's competent enough. He did, did things reasonably well. Had no, as far as we know of, no intrigue, or at least none that was so major that caused a massive disruption and in, internally. So if you're able to focus on external forces, I think that there's something to be said about it. It's just that yeah. it's kind of kind of so so. I, I like it's like for me it's a five or a four. He it's I guess really I guess since he is the one who is credited with capturing Sigismund and executing him, like he is the brother mm. that took the lead on that one, that's a mark of power. I think I'll give him a five on that. That'll be enough. Yeah. Same. Five and a five for ten. All right. Infamy. I mean, the big obvious one. He oversaw the brutal execution of Sigismund and his family for his mother's vengeance. Uh, basically cool. did an eye for an eye. I like some, yeah, it's classy. Um, but, you know, it's, it's not all that in a bag of chips. For me, it's another, like, middle of the road, like, give him a six because it's a little outlandish to be executing other families. Well, I think the minute you execute Sigismund, you have to execute his family. I think that's just oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the rules of the game. I don't know if that's that infamous. I honestly was thinking like a two because it's just, I don't know. It's tough. Um, it wasn't like he took the initiative himself to go execute Sigismund. I I have a really big feeling this is Clotilda who is behind this and he just, you know, went yeah, along with you know, his mother. If uh, if a criminal's put up to an activity. Mm. So he's like, an, it's the criminal who's the 
Yeah, that the is one true. Who's infamous, not always, unless they're true. like a super crime lord. You know, uh, like I, I can't, I can't move <laughs> from a two though. I, that's uh, yeah, that's all I'm giving. Um, I'm willing to. I guess we'll we'll go with like a with like a four for me. Oh, there you go. Wow. Nor- normally, here. I'm the one who gives more points. Got to switch up here. A little switcheroo. A four and a two for six. All right. Religious passion. I could not find anything other than his sons and one of his sons ended up becoming St. Cloud, but I don't think that's him. Yeah, uh, you can't you can't build churches while you're at war. Yeah, um, I as the old saying goes, he uh, actually went against the words of a priest. Mm. You know, he went uh, into sacred ground and took Sigismund forcefully out along with his family. I'm going to have to say that's against the church and I'm going to have to go zero. Yeah, I was going to say zero as well. So zero. Stability. During his reign, his kingdom seemed pretty stable. I I can't say like a five stable. It wasn't like Gregory was going out of his way to tell us, yeah, like, you know, there was so much peace in the land. I mean, this is the Dark Ages after all. I'm going to have to go with a four out of five. Okay. I'm willing to give a three just because war is kind of an unstable thing. And even even uh, external war did not happen internally. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's definitely... I, I, I oh, say three just because of war, and then obviously kind of destabilizing. I guess things yeah, you are you are taking people away from their families. No, yeah, it's it's a it's a toss up because you can yeah I mean, you could argue, for example, the United States has been at war for a lot, and for oh, like a good chunk of it, you could argue that the United States has been pretty darn stable, right? Yeah. So you can have you can have wars externally and be totally you can have your population almost insulated from it. But yeah. it's I feel like we're a step removed from that. Plus again, King is involved in the war itself and I know that's commonplace of the time. But wow you know, when your king dies in battle. We might have given Clovis too much with the five. I'm gonna have to agree with you. You're talking me down. I'll go to a three <laughs> as well. Oh, dang. Yeah, it, it's a tough one and probably with the mood of the day. But I think there's a level of also stability in how you you look at it relative to what it was before. That is true. Are you true. expanding? Are you contracting your stability? So like Clovis did a whole lot of like warmongering and stuff, which is kind of unstable, but also in the long term crafted a lot of stability mm-hmm. in the long run. Whereas this just doesn't feel like that. This feels like he just, if anything, made it worse. It definitely made it worse. Which kind of went against the the religion, which is a little bit of a bold move. If you're yanking people from churches or cathedrals or uh, monasteries. Yeah, in fact, when you can just sit around, honestly, you can just sit and wait for Eventually, they got to come out. You don't have to give them food or anything. You can siege them. Now, if people are going to give them food, I think you have to let them. It it depends. It gets broken a lot in history. It gets used a lot, but it gets broken a lot. Up for interpretation. Yeah. So More like guidelines. (laughs) I think it's reasonable to have like a three and a three 
for six yeah. just because again it's not like he did anything horrible it's not like he really was all that yeah i'd have to agree either. with that yeah all right well small dings so all right royal demise he died in battle so that's something this is not the battle you know like the revenge battle that already happened like that would have been more epic this is just yeah. this is just a feud that broke out between the families because of i mean be, don't get me wrong it's because of the revenge you know mission but i yeah. don't know yeah. it's it's a feud it's, yeah i mean he could have been martyred maybe a little bit you know kind of like he, hey he died in this feud battle that's gonna he, make us angrier he, we're gonna go after these guys more but he wasn't no well <laughs> fact, then, they just well, took... answer that question that's a two for me yeah i'll do a two as well so that two and a two for four legacy all right so dynasty wise two of his kids are murdered shortly after his death so that that's two down and then his mm-hmm. son Clodoald chose to renounce his inheritance and became a disciple of the hermit Severin in Paris, also known as Paris. <clears throat> and uh, because of that, he is no longer a Merovingian. And uh, so that took his line down to zero after his yeah. life. Yeah, it's uh, a big uh, mark against. But I, I don't know, it feels like the... Anyway, I guess yeah, it's more of his son being the the saint, right? Yeah, yeah. That that's the that that that's the uh, big thing is, uh, um, since we don't get a chance to talk about Clodoald in you know future episodes, we'll just talk about him here. As a monk, he traveled the province, uh, which is a southeastern part of France, and for eleven years there, apparently he healed many faithful Christians. So he got his miracles out of the way before he died. In Very nice. 551, he returned to Paris and became an ordained priest. And eventually he got tired of so many people asking for his healing blessings that he's like, screw this, I'm out of here, and went to a hermitage, uh, which he himself built. <laughs> and, it's um, nice that you get so exasperated with requests that you decide to build a whole <laughs> establishment yeah yes and uh it is and he builds it in a modern uh parisian suburb named saint cloud oh look at that so i don't think he named it that but that's eventually what it became yeah uh so i mean that's cool i enjoy that little something to remember the something to remember him by yeah yeah that's worth like a one for me kind of fun so uh and then um you know his entire family isn't gone there's one person left his wife and his wife becomes the first wife as his brother of his brother clotaire uh who has (laughs) her children murdered to steal clotaire's king her dead husband's kingdom that's just horrific (laughs) if you think about it for more than two seconds yeah, not a lot of mercy in this time. No, no. Oh, that poor woman. Uh, yeah. Um, for Legacy, I agree. I have to give him one uh, for St. Cloud. You know, yep. that's all. That's it. 
Yep, he's got something special in that bloodline. Just didn't last very long. So, all right, so one and a one for two. <clears throat> all right, so Scott, what are what are the totals we have here for our buddy Clodomer? All right, so royal power out of twenty, got a ten. Not bad. Infamy out of twenty, got a six. Not great. Religious passion out of twenty, a whopping zero. Oof. Don't need to be a math professor to figure out that math. Nope. Um, stability. Out of 10. Got a 6. Not terrible, but not great. Yeah. No, it's 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 serviceable. If you're okay with 60%. <laughs> Your For... school teacher is made disagree. I think ours, ours, our, what is an A and what is a B is very, very different from school. Yeah. We've, we've, we're a little, we're a little easier than school. So, uh, Royal Demise out of 10, a big four. Legacy out of 10, two. Oof. Failed in that department. So off of the back, off of the back of royal power, and a, not a ton else. Out of one hundred, you have a grand total of twenty-eight. Uh, not great, not great, he, Bob. Yeah, <laughs> we're not too surprised here. A guy who rules for, I say, only fifteen years. That's thirteen. We're getting years. to the point where the rule or thirteen. The rulerships are starting to get longer, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it, we just don't know what happened during most of those years because it didn't suit Gregory's narrative of, you know, the he's not a good Christian. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, just because he got a low score, he still could have that epicness to be crowned a high king but he seems kind of bland and should be sacked and become a minor lord. Or do we find him so abysmal that he should be burned at the stake? No, minor lord. Minor lord? Yeah. Yeah, he's he didn't do anything egregious. Yeah, yeah, I agree. He, he kept the peace. People yeah. respected him enough, at least in life. Not in death, but they respected <laughs> him in life. Yeah, no, not, not, not at all in death. So you take it with a grain of salt. You get to join the the big lump of people that sit in the central or in the center of the uh, uh, standard distribution, mm-hmm. the parabola, yeah, and join the rest of them in the the hall of mediocrity. There you go. He will have a nice plaque for him in the in the grand hall. <laughs> yep, bronze medal. There you go. Oh, is it bronze medal or participation trophy? Um, no, bronze medal. Oh, well, there you go. Look at you. Per- participation trophies. I, I'm, I feel like now, as a kid, maybe a little bit it stung. But I feel like it's almost more insulting if you just didn't get anything at all, right? I mean, yeah, and now it's that way. <laughs> like, I think as a kid, I don't know. As a kid, I probably didn't notice that much, but... I think the bigger purpose side tangent is that it felt like it helped me remember the things I participated in when I got a favorite participation trophy. Not so much that I did well in it. Yeah. 
Yeah, the more sense that like, oh yeah, during these years. I did that. Yeah. That's a good way of looking at it. I think I've never seen it that way before. It's a good way of Yeah. Yeah, that's how I view it. They they did they did their duty and they did it nobly enough. Get the participation trophy. I like, the, like it. bronze medal. Bronze medal. I like it. That's fun. <laughs> All right. Tangent done. We did a lot of tangents this episode, but we didn't have much too much to talk about. <laughs> Before we close out, we gotta shout out a big thank you to So You Think You Can Rule Persia. They featured our promo on their episode 52, Musa, who is the first of three women to ever rule Iran. So that's pretty freaking cool. Highly suggest check out that episode. Dang. Didn't know women never ruled Iran. I know. Either did I until that episode came and I was like, oh, wow, the current government, I bet, wants to hide that. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. That's always kind of a weird thing. Plus, I'm not going to pretend to know what you know what people have around the world are thinking about their former government so. that is true that is true <laughs> that I'm... one that particular one is not my business that is true yeah stress fly away fly away <laughs> no it's just like yeah. you know they got a different view in this in its modern politics so yeah i will uh i will let them i will let the romans do as they do in rome all right and with that final note that'll bring us to the end of clodomer let us know what you thought of him do you agree with us placing him high in the hall of mediocrity uh you can catch us on messenger on facebook and instagram at quest for power or you could email us for a little bit long more longer form at quest for power pod at gmail.com if you enjoyed our podcast, please give a five-star review on podchaser.com or wherever you get your podcasts. This really helps us drive us up the charts, helps us get noticed, and so we can keep creating this kind of content. I don't know about you, but I'm enjoying all of these stories that I don't, I've never heard of before. If you think we did a really good job and you want to go on an adventure, you could join the Lore Masters Guild and go on side quest adventures with us. And you can do so at patreon.com slash quest for power. That's all we got for this session. Next session, we are going to review Clodomer's brother, Kildebert I. And with that, the king is dead. Long live the king. <laughs> <laughs>